coming together, I think we could be more successful. All right. Aloha, passive income investor. We've got Chris and Harmony Borden. And I guess I should let you say aloha because I just sound stupid when I'm doing it. But Chris and Harmony are very active in the Rise Investing Club that we work on together. And we have some exciting things coming in the future from that. I'm really excited to talk to you more today and get to know you even better because we've spent a lot of time together over the last couple of months. But even I haven't heard your full origin story because when I've gone to the talks where you're talking about your background, I usually come in like halfway through that part of the story. It is fascinating. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the whole thing. So aloha. And I'll just let you jump right in and introduce yourselves. You can start with your elevator pitch and then tell us about your background. What got you to where you are? Let's just start with, thank you for having us on. It's wonderful. And yeah, you're right. We've been working together for a while now. And I mean, it's always great to just take a pause and just get to know each other a little bit better and where each of us are at with our journeys. You want to introduce yourself? I'm Harmony, his bossier side. (laughs) other half. No, it's been definitely a fun journey. Something that I literally started off from scratch with knowing nothing because being that wife who would just depend on, well, we're going to buy a house and he wants me to learn the process to, no, it's okay. And I just signed. So now I'm understanding it on a whole other level and still learning every single day because there's so much out there. And I don't think I introduced myself with the exception of the Aloha Kakahiaka, but I'm Chris Borden and we're just active. Well, we started off, we wanted to be more passive, but now sort of active. I don't, I'm going to be completely honest. We moved, we recently located from Hawaii to Utah to retire. And I don't think that's ever going to happen for myself anyway. It's just <laughs> not my personality, even though we're in retirement ish we came here with the intensities of retirement mode it just didn't work out that way i'm gonna be completely honest we ended up meeting people like yourself other people in the real estate community and just fell in love with the mindset the openness the abundance and just dove right in and it's just gone from there yeah so walk us through that process of how you basically left hawaii to retire when most of us are trying to get to hawaii to retire how did you pick utah how did you end up here and then at what point because it was pretty quick after you arrived here that you found real estate investing clubs and started attending you you have a tendency to meet a lot of investors when you attend events like that so walk us through that process of leaving hawaii and thinking that you needed to change and then how you ended up here and then how that change maybe didn't go quite as you had planned. I would have to take you back a little bit more to what we used to do in Hawaii. I was the CEO of a pretty large organization, retail organization there, where I worked there, well, through multiple m for roughly about 30 years. And my lovely wife here worked contract services for the military. Both of us loved what we were doing. I worked at the time for a privately held company and it was a small, tight-knit, organization. I mean, it was a large organization, but the atmosphere and the ambiance was really small, tight knit, really family oriented. And my wife can probably tell you a little bit more about what she did on the military side. Yeah. Same, very, it's just like that in general, regardless of how large the organization with the military, where you work, it is your family. Everyone there is Ohana. So it's a very tight niche community in general, whether it be island specific or when you travel to the other islands, which is something we both did. He did definitely more often than I did. And it was something that I was very passionate about and loved. And the transition was and wasn't difficult for me. I think the biggest was 
leaving what I love doing so much and that at the same time was also going through some changes. And with every change, there there comes the hoops and the jumps that you got to go through to get comfortable, which is fine. I just didn't know where it was going to take us. And then when he was ready for the transition, after putting a lot of thought in it and being here on my own for a little bit, it just sunk in that, you know what, it makes sense that I do this leap with him. We both do great in our industries. We both have our strong sides, very independent, but coming together, I think we could be more successful. And that was my biggest change for wanting to come into this and finding a way to be able to still help the individuals was huge for me to be able to help people in general, but still be able to help the community that I was a part of and give back. And that was the biggest for me to see, okay, I can still do all of that. And I just don't have to be under the restraints of having a W2. Yeah. Yep. We can take a slight step back. So both of us came from super humble beginnings. I grew up in Hawaii most of my life, with the exception of going off to college in California. But in I grew up on the, actually, when I was a child, I actually grew up on the island of Bolokai, where we were, for the most part, farmers. I My entire life yep. had hand-me-downs, lived on. The property that we lived on was actually owned by Hawaiian homes. So we grew up not having much, real slim pickings, but my parents worked their butts off trying to get what we had, but it was still on the island with the economy the way it was, just on a real small island. It was just limited resources. So that's how we grew up. So we knew that we didn't want that for ourselves as we got older. So for myself, it was like just put in a whole lot of work. And we had the same mindset that most of America has, right? You're going to work hard. Try to get a good education and work your way up that corporate ladder, which is exactly what I did. I was like literally the exact step. I went to school, worked. I probably worked about a hundred hours a week. No kidding. Literally minimum. about a hundred hours at yeah, minimum. I was I would travel a lot. So it's a weird situation that we had because we were on Hawaii, right? Multiple islands. Our primary business was on the island of Oahu. We went, I can't remember what it was. It was 25 odd years ago because I, I started working on the island of Maui, which is where we lived. But I quickly moved up the ladder, the corporate ladder, and we were asked to relocate to the island of Oahu, where most of the corporate, right, it's, the, it's the main infrastructure hub for Hawaii. And we moved to Oahu. Uh, for about a week, maybe two weeks, and quickly realized that wasn't the life we wanted to live because it's a very small island with about a hundred, I mean, roughly about a million to 1.2 million residents. And then you have about 200 to 300,000 tourists in any given week. So you're looking at about 1.5 million people on a very small island. So we're like, this is not what we wanted because we're from wow. Maui, which full, is... Full transparency. I knew I didn't want that to begin with. I'm originally from California, Los Angeles area. And I knew I did not want to be surrounded by water with nowhere to go with more people than it felt like downtown LA. And just knew also that in order for him to do the things he wanted to do, that was one of our things. We started off very young together was we would support each other in our journeys 1000%. And that also meant me having to move to an island that I didn't want to support his dreams with moving up that corporate mm. ladder. But we also had, once we started to go through that process, we also reevaluated, wait a second, because looking at the schools, looking at the traffic there, 
I said, I'm going to spend a good four hours a day minimum on the road, just getting our kids to and from surrounded by water with tons of tourists and not a lot of support. I mean, we know a lot of people there. We know a lot of family there, but our immediate everything was on Maui. And so that made it a lot tougher in, as well. And kind of continuing on from where Harmony left off, we made a decision that we didn't want to move there. And luckily we had, the company was graciously off and it, it understand the value that I would bring to the company as well. So they decided, you know what, just live in Maui, would live there and commute. So I spent 27 years of commuting every single week, mm -hmm. either to multiple islands or between the Hawaii and the continental United States. And after 27 years, it came pretty tiresome, pretty fast. So that's where we sort of, again, 27, almost 30 years of doing it, six years of me being the CEO of the organization and running the entire organization. And overall, again, it was a large organization, roughly about 3000 employees, a little over a billion dollars in revenue annually. We quickly realized our, we wanted something different. At the same time, our kids moved away from Hawaii. One went off to the military, one went off to college, and both of our kids did not want to come back to Hawaii. Cost of living, new friends, freedom, adventures, different things. So it was like the caveat for us. It was like the trigger point for us to say, okay, we've been doing this long enough. We want to be able to be closer to our kids. And at the time we just said, you know what, let's just take the leap. We didn't have a plan. We were, I'm going to be honest, we were not investing in real estate in the, I guess, in the traditional terms of how you look at investing in real estate. Yes, we bought a few houses here and there. We did some house, we did some cool things where we traded, we actually traded for our first particular property that we bought. I traded my car for the down payment. So we did some, there was some things that we did that Creative was, financing yeah, in our own way. was creative at that time. And we didn't even know. For us, we were young. Yes, we were young. I think we bought I was our 19. Yeah, she was 19 when we bought our first house. I was 20. So we were a lot younger when we started, but we just really didn't know. And when we came here, it was just a leap of faith. We said, we want to just leave everything. We definitely want to be closer to our kids and grandkids, and we want to experience something different. And because of the foundation of how we set ourselves up, we were financially able to just be able to separate and say, okay, we want to be able to move to somewhere else and do something different. So that's how it all started. Just during that time happened to be <laughs> good point. Yeah. So you were stuck apart for a couple of months during the pandemic. During, you yeah. He was islands? stuck on Oahu and I was on Maui and Hawaii was really strict with everything during the pandemic. The resources there are just so different from in the mainland. Maui has one hospital, so they really mm. shut down communities you weren't allowed to leave and travel and we were used to living apart. So that wasn't so hard, but for months at a time, that wasn't a normal for us. And then I met you pretty soon after you moved to Utah, I believe at a real estate club. And I don't even think Chris, you had relocated at that time. Harmony, did you come over? I came over first, in January in 2021 and lived in a hotel room <laughs> and yeah. by myself with our 11 year old who was online schooling. So you can only imagine that. I mean, sometimes it felt like a five by five room <laughs> and it was during that time that he's always given me the freedom to do what I wanted because he was able to financially support us and say, 
go to school if you want to go to school, go work where you want to work. And it wasn't, I love being a part of nonprofits and a lot of community-based organizations. And that during that time was like, you know what, I need to look into this more. He's always on top of me about learning so much more, whether it be something in the house, our cars, down to our finances. And so I was like, okay, I'm in this room. I might as well do some online schooling. And that's what I started studying real estate, my real estate license. And then at the same time, he says, here, I heard of a meeting. Go to this meeting. So it was at this time. Now this is in April. Our daughter came with his mom. So now there's four of us here. He's still not here. And we were still in transition of purchasing a home. It took me four months to find a home. This was during the height of the market here too. It was, it was brutal. horrible. It was brutal. I real quickly though realized I originally thought I wanted to be somewhere and realized I was not even close to the county. I moved down two counties, three counties <laughs> from where I thought I wanted to be. It was definitely a learning curve for us in general, coming here all new, barely knew a few people here not having any kind of background or anything in real estate as far as with investing. So I show up to this meeting, he gives me the wrong time and I walk in the last five minutes of it. And they were really gracious and they were doing introductions. And I just said, I'm Harmony. I'm just moved here from Maui and I want to start real estate investing and I don't know anything about it. So I'm here to learn from all of you. And that community just opened arms from that day on has been very giving forthcoming with information and sharing. And it's been a wonderful experience. I don't think I realized how lucky I was when I moved to Salt Lake City and found the RIA organizations here. I thought they were like that all over the country. And why didn't I know about this when I was in Austin? But looking back in this, I realized that even though they're not all created equal, we do really have some great clubs around here. And I've told people before, they're like, how'd you get started? I'm like, oh, just join your local RIA organization. And it doesn't it doesn't always pan out <laughs> as well as it did for us, but I definitely give a lot of credit to that organization for giving me lots of just time with people who knew more than me and who were willing to share either speakers or in the networking. Besides, when you show up the last five minutes, that's the best part anyway, because you're networking, <laughs> right? It's like you need the speakers at the beginning when you know nothing, but eventually you just show up late on purpose and just do the networking. Part. Right, right. <laughs> So catch us up to where you are today, what you've been working on the last, I guess, year and a half or so, basically walking into this completely new field and the rapid progress that you've made during that time. So catch us up and then tell us about what you're working on right now. And just give us a little bit of a how-to nuts and bolts on what's working for you currently. Well, I mean, so we, again, we just jumped right in. There was nothing specific. We were not, again, we had a few properties in Maui. Well, we sold everything when we relocated. Think like everyone else, you either watch social media, there's television. I think at the time we listened to almost every episode of Bigger Pockets and we didn't know what we wanted to do, to be honest. We came here, She Harmony wanted to be... Joanna I knew Gaines what I didn't want to do. and wanted me to be Chip Gaines. And like <laughs> halfway through our first project, we was like, no, this is not going to work. This is, I, I do not want to do this. <laughs> I mean, it's fun swinging a hammer every now and then, but it's not something I want to do consistently. So you want to do it, not because you have to. 
Yes. So we just, honestly, it's the organizations that were here, like Harmony said, the, well, you mentioned it too, the RIA and some other different organizations and the people. It's amazing. And I don't know because, I, and I can't speak to other colonies or other RIAs or other organizations, but the mindset of abundance here and sharing is like unprofound to anything else we've experienced on our side anyway. I, I've, like I said, I've been in retail for prior for over 30 years. I think it was a little over 30 years I was in retail and you just don't share secrets. You, there's no, there, there are definitely meetups and organizations that you go to, but you're not going to open up your book and show everything to your competitor. It's just something that doesn't happen. In fact, a lot of times on the retail side, if you go into a competitor and they know you're a competitor, they're going to ask you to leave the facility. <laughs> so th that's normally the environment that I was around and becoming this, like coming into this organization and this thought process of abundance was like, it was like profound for us. And we still started with shiny object syndrome. We didn't know what we're doing. We were, we wanted to do. I would say, I would be honest, the path and journey that we're on, we're still in shiny object syndrome. It's just yeah. worked out great for us. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely have all suffered from shiny object syndrome, myself included. I had struggled with that in my previous business, though, so I felt like I didn't fall prey to that quite as bad as I, I may have otherwise because I had been through that process of trying to refine down into your niche. So I was trying to niche pretty fast, pretty hard. You have also, even though the shiny object thing that affects all of us hit you, you have also been able to niche down pretty fast into the things that cash flow quickly. And then you that has allowed you to support your lifestyle while you're working on more of the long-term wealth building projects like commercial real estate. So tell us right now what you're currently working on, what's working for you, and how that's enabled you to shift your focus a little bit from just day-to-day -day cash flow types of deals over into the wealth building or higher return growth type of deals. Yeah, we... Again, we just jumped right in, right? We just left our W-2s and jumped right in, not necessarily knowing what we wanted to do. So again, Shiny Object Syndrome was definitely running rampant on our, just our over, overall strategy and approach to the whole real estate investing. But we, like we were saying earlier, just the mindset of abundance within the organizations and the people that we met just helped us propel us quicker. I think it was quicker. I mean, the, we've sat with individuals that are very well established in the real estate space and the entire books are opened up to us on exactly, this is how we do, this is exactly what we do. These are the processes that we use and we were able to expedite and grow quicker than I think we originally anticipated. So when we first came here, we sat down, we set up a vision board with our goals and we had a one-year goal, three-year goal, seven-year goal, 10-year goal, so on and so forth. And I think within the first month, not first, sorry, in the first seven months, we were already surpassing our three-year goal with both passive cash flow and overall net worth. And it was amazing. I think for the things for us, and we still, I'm going to be so, somewhat honest, we still have shiny object syndrome, but we're able to manage it. I think we're able to effectively manage it because we both created our own lanes. It was like, okay, Chris, you're going to stay in this lane and Harmony, you're going to stay in this lane. Obviously, if we have to collaborate on things, then we'll collaborate. But Harmony, you're going to do this. You're great at networking. You're going to be like the king networking person. Chris, you're super analytical. You understand the business acumen side of it. You're going to concentrate on that. And then we looked at the and honed in on these are the things that we're doing. So again, we do 
lending. So we do private money lending or hard money lending, however you want to call it. It's called different things. Generally the same thing. We do investing in note. We buy single family houses and we do the commercial real estate space. And more recently we started buying businesses. So we did it out and we sit down, we come up with this entire plan. We try to budget it out, look to see okay, how much resources are we going to need? How much effort are we going to need to put into each one of these? And based off of the resources and the effort, what are we, what can we expect to get out of it? So we just completely segregate what we have to do. And we're surprised like in the first, again, in the first year I was, we were almost able to completely cover my, my W2 wage as a CEO of a billion dollar company. A lot of which came from, I mean, again, we diversify, but a lot of it came from the lending side that we do a large majority of it and the passive income that we get from the real estate that we've invested in on both the single family side, as well as the commercial side. When we first got in the commercial side, we joined before we knew the lovely Emma Powell, we got into a few LP syndications, which have done great. And we were obviously getting passive cash flow from that as well. And then again, the single family houses, we get passive cash flow from that. On the lending side, it's somewhat active, but it's not too active where I still don't have time freedom. I can literally buy a house for my cell phone. Like, so we've done almost 35 transactions last year. So we've bought 35 houses last year, just, and again, a lot of it is just from my phone. I get a notification. Someone's looking for money to buy a house. We'll go through, we'll do all of the underwriting and I can literally do everything from, I can be sitting on a beach in Kabul, which I don't do. I've never gone to Kabul, but I could theoretically. You're over the beaches. Um, no yeah, more beaches. Well, we're from Hawaii. We've been on beaches <laughs> our whole lives, but yeah, we've just niched it down to where we're, we try to, again, put systems and processes in place, even on the business that we're buying, we're trying to add more automation systems and processes, put all of those in place so that you can have that time freedom and you can have, I would say design, like you, you just mentioned it designed by lifestyle, right? Your lifestyle design, we design exactly how we want our lifestyle to look. So I think one of the bigger also that I don't like to not mention is the self growth that we really had to concentrate on and our relationship and <laughs> being it. Cause it, I mean, that's not easy stuff. We're not living together for so many years and all of a sudden we live together. And there was one day where I can just leave the house and I don't even say anything to anybody. That's just the way I lived my life before. Right. And then all of a sudden my phone is blowing up and he's like, where'd you go? And I'm like, wait, what? Why are you asking me where I'm at? <laughs> Just little, the little things that you have to really dial in on in your self growth. And that's been huge. Chris has been really big on, on all of that for himself. He's a lot more disciplined with that kind of stuff than I am definitely. And like you said, he's more analytical and I think that's why, but in general, like we've had to hone in on understanding our own strengths and each other's strengths and how to leverage that in these businesses and what we're doing. And that also has helped us move so much quicker by starting to hone in on those for ourselves and for each other and understanding them. That was big. I think if I could sum it up though, into just one thing, I think what propelled us even further is we both came into this with the mindset of service first. So even in your club atmosphere, I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, you know what, if I can just bring value 
and I can be of service to every single body I meet and we interact with, it's going to get reciprocated back. And I think that's what propelled us even faster further is just having that mindset is I, again, that abundance mindset deals and opportunities are going to come. You just need to put yourself out there and put yourself out there with the mentality that I'm going to put myself, I'm going to help this person get to a little bit better situation than they were before. And even a lot of our investment strategies are the same way. So again, on a note investing, our goal is just to help people get into houses. Yeah, we'll make some passive income on the side of it, but our main driver is I, we want to substantiate someone else's life and be able to have them attain the home ownership. So I think that has probably been one of the bigger aspects that has propelled us faster further. Well, listening to what you're talking about, what's working for you right now, I have, I have two thoughts. One, I want to go back to what you said a while ago about when you moved from Maui to Oahu and how the company saw the value that you could add to the company and they wanted to make it work when you're like, no, we want to commute instead. And I, that same value has come through again and again through the investing club over the last year and a half of working with you on that. So I knew the second that I wanted to start a business or launch a fund or something like that who I wanted to partner with. And so that says something about you, but it also can be a lesson to the listener about how to find great partners. Partners are service first oriented. They're not in it for the money is the reason why they can keep doing it, but it's not the reason they're doing it in the first place. And so I just wanted to point that out that it's a great way to find partners by working with them in volunteer committees, nonprofits, just sitting down and trying to do a mastermind together of any kind, you will learn very quickly who you're sitting with and who you want to continue to have that long-term business relationship with. It's like a, it's like a being engaged almost like we got to do some deals together through the club where we're in the same LC with a, with our club members and really see what one another was made of. And so each of these businesses is like its own little partnership. And I have different partnerships with different buildings that I own. And so for me, I don't have to pick a single business partner and just marry them for the rest of my life and have no way to say, how do we get out of this if it doesn't go well, right? We get out of it when the property sells and we can hold it together until that happens. But at the same time, it really lets you see like from this partnership and this partnership, who I want to continue doing business with. And so that for me has been invaluable to get to know you and be able to see that same value that you bring like the company did. So there's my little, there's my little compliment session there. <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> but, much. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it. But I, I just think it has a powerful lesson on how to find and choose partners because that is a scary part of what we do because we all hear the horror stories. Not a lot of us hear the good stories, but how do you find and manage partnerships is going to make or break, especially in commercial real estate, this industry. So that's, that's basically what's been working for me. And it worked out really well in the case of the club of finding you in there doing everything that you said you would do on time or ahead of time going above and beyond like that's unusual. So I can see that that's why they recognize that. And that's exactly what I was like, this is what I need in my life. right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Another thought that I had was you are a great example of someone coming into this business who has both time and money, because we're always asking people, do you have more money than time? Or do you have more time than money? And if you have more money than time, then you need to look at being a limited partner, maybe a private lender, some of these things that are much less 
uh, input after the initial deal is has been made and then step back and go back to running your business or doing your thing while your money is out there working for you. But if you have more time than money, then we suggest maybe doing things like finding deals where you don't have a lot of money, but you're out there maybe raising money, finding partnerships, knocking doors, making cold calls, just turning up the deals from wherever you can. But in your situation, you came into this basically retired. So you had the time that you needed to really dive in and focus on it. And you were bringing in some resources from basically, well, from living from living below your means and being able to put money aside so that you could buy rental houses. So when you sold them, you're coming in with a pile of cash from some of these things. And so the marriage of those two resources has been impressive. And you add that to the discipline. So what would you say to somebody who is struggling with having some cash, but maybe not as much time, maybe they're not quite retired. They're just thinking ahead to how am I going to retire? What would that path have looked different? How would that path have looked differently for you if you had decided to stay in your job until you were like 85? I'm going to be completely honest. I wish I knew then what I know now. And that is probably the biggest lesson ever. I try to preach it as much as I can to like colleagues that I know that I still talk to from my previous career. And I think our goal is to be able to spread that message more. There's so many, there's so much more opportunities outside of, because again, a lot of times, again, you you come up, get a good education, work hard, get a good job, put your money in a 401k, and then forget about it. You hire a financial advisor and the financial advisor has hundreds of clients and their job is to manage those hundreds of clients and they stick it in some index fund and let it ride until the market corrects. They pull it out, they do it all over again. And there's not much to it than other than that, but like opening up and the, what we've learned just in the last few years, like, again, I wish I knew it back then, but I think it's just diversifying into different opportunities and opening up your mind to different opportunities, which is what real estate has done for us. And we see that there's so much more opportunities in being able to take it. So maybe you're sitting on some money or you have an IRA that's built up, you can roll it over into a SD IRA and then be able to, to let your capital work for you in different venues and different aspects, which is one of the things that we're trying to do right with the club. We're starting a fund and our goal is to be able to help other individuals that ne don't necessarily have the time because again, when I was in my career, I spent a ton of time making my business that I was working for millions upon millions of dollars. However, I didn't physically have the time to concentrate on my overall growth and network. I just knew that I keep working hard. I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to get more money. And then we're going to live happily ever after, which again, for some of it, it did work out that way. But like I said, we were able to replace our, my active a hundred hour a week income with semi-passive income on the real estate side of things. And in about a year, we almost two and a half times my overall net worth in about a year of real estate investing. And again, we still put a lot of time. Don't get me wrong. We still spend a lot oh, of time yeah. working. So but I'm not going to like work. It's fun. Yes. It definitely changes it, but working for yeah, yourself. You can give yourself your own promotion now yeah. and decide how you're we are working for ourselves. Work Plus we can make the decision to just stop 
take our computers, jump in a car, and let's go to a different state, which I could never do that before, right? My company expected me to be in several meetings, be in a specific place, attend a specific event. Now we have the luxury to choose what events we want to go to, where do we want to go, where do we want to work? Do we want to work off-grid or whatever the case may be? So starting a fund and being able to educate different people, the especially like on the executive side, because again, I know how a lot of the executives in my previous industry work. Again, it's very grind work where yeah, you just head down, yeah, heads down on, grind, just blinders on, just trying to get through your day to the next day. Cause there's like a million different moving parts that you're trying to put all together and keep in place. So being able to communicate that to them, tell them there, hey, there's something on the other side of this and there's more opportunity that can maybe Maybe you're happy doing what you were doing. I love doing what I did. That's why I did it for 25 years, but it can still expedite your retirement plans or at least give you some kind of time freedom that you maybe not, didn't expect otherwise. I think that a big part of all of that for Chris personally was also identifying what he missed out on by putting his head down and just working for another company and seeing you know, we have older kids who are adults and we still have one more we're doing it all over again with right the younger one and to be able to reflect on that and and realize okay what are my visions and i think that's going to be important for someone going into that space what is retirement going to look like for me what are my goals what are my visions what are my whys or however they need to look at it and really dig deep because that in itself will help motivate you too into what your next step will be. And it won't feel so hard. I think once you start to put that why in front of you. And most people who are working towards something that is a noble goal, something you really believe in a project that you feel is worth your time. If somebody said, we'll pay you the same amount of money to work part-time for us, you'd be like, take it. Yes, take it. How much time do you want to spend building this dream and building this product and building this company or building this whatever it is at the expense of your own time. So it's not to say that we don't enjoy passion projects and it's not to say that we don't want to keep working hard to make the world better in different ways. But in our industries, like in yours and in my husband's in the tech industry, there's no 50% the way that you get with like a medical profession where you can just say, I'm going to go part-time. That really doesn't exist. And so for us, it's either all or nothing. So I, I don't want to put retirement out there as the word because it conjures up just sitting on a beach. You were on a beach and you realize that's not a good fit for you. Retirement is more about having the time to reflect on what it is that you want to spend your time building. And you're a great example of going through that process and coming up with an answer that people probably thought you were crazy for pursuing. Even he had second thoughts at first. Like, I think he was very nervous about it, wanted to do it a thousand percent, but also not wanting to fail and all of that. And I just remember looking at him and be like, you literally, you say it all the time. You ran this business. You were able to make them millions and millions of dollars. How could you not do that for yourself? How could you not do that for your own mm -hmm. business? It's knowing how analytical he is, like I didn't have a doubt in it. And I think that's why even more I moved over to, okay, I need to get involved with this because he wasn't as much into networking as I, that's easy. Like throw me in a room and I, I don't know what I don't know until I go ask. I just don't care. I will, I will walk. That's how room. you know what you should be doing. If you say it's easy, you're like, yep, that's my niche. <laughs> But that was identifying our strengths and just, okay, we really want to do this. So I think that was huge with 
identified, especially in our first seven months that we had surpassed our three-year goal, that was, okay, we're on the right path. Everything that we've been doing is working and we just got to keep strengthening ourselves and our relationships and doing what we're doing. I don't want to gloss over the part where you credit the personal development to the professional success, because if there was one thing I had to pick, it's usually that the more self-aware you become, the more work you do on yourself and your relationships, the more opportunities you're going to find because you're putting yourself around other people who are working on the same things. And you're just going to start chatting and hearing about things that that should, I just didn't want to let that go without just calling it out. That's one of the top success predictors and indicators. And if you're into that, then you're going to have an opportunity to capitalize on that financially. I, mean, I think we all, all def- I definitely worked on it. And there was some limiting beliefs as well. And I think there still is. It's something that I personally always have to work on, just educating myself and knowing that you can fail, you should fail. I just hate, I hate the failure <laughs> of failing. So I don't, I want to do everything I can possibly to be able to mitigate and avoid that as much as possible. But I know it's going to happen. It's just part of life, right? And just, yeah. you learn from it and try to overcome, again, those limiting beliefs and say that you can, as long as you just, you set yourself a goal and you make sure you have actionable steps behind that goal. Because again, if you don't have that actionable steps, you're not going to, you're, you're never going to go anywhere. You just, you'll have yeah. fallacies of grandeur again, but without taking action and putting yourself out there and just taking that leap, you're, you're never going to know what's on the other side. You need to make a failure resume where you write down all the things that were difficult failures when then say it's your feedback resume and just put down everything that you learned from every single one of those experiences. It will make you look at your world in a different way. <laughs> Absolutely. It goes along with the vision board. 2023 failure resume, the 2023. <laughs> well, mine would be like so long because I'm like, I don't care. I'll try it. I don't care if I'm not going to get it right the first time. I'm going to just dive in and try it. That's my theory. on yep. Just try it. <laughs> That was a hard lesson for me to learn, but fortunately I learned it pretty young when I was about probably 21, 24, somewhere around there when I realized like this whole stay at home mom thing with a bunch of kids, I was a live-in nanny before you'd think I would be good at it. No, I was terrible at it. So it really needed to learn that I could do things imperfectly. It was okay to do something imperfectly and it was okay to fail. So I have really gone off the deep end with that, Chris, as you know, from working with me, I'm like, whatever, it's like halfway done. All right. (laughs) But so walk us through what the next passive income adventure is for you. I know that the next couple of years of your life are probably going to look very similar to what you've been doing because you're just on the beginning of this journey. But what is it that's keeping you moving forward and keeping driving you that you wouldn't be able to do if you were still working your hundred hour week, nine to five? I think for us, like we said, we touched on it a bit earlier is just being able to educate other people out there that there's more opportunities for them in just investing, building wealth, gaining knowledge, and so on and so forth. So I think our focus, well, not I think, I know our focus is start a fund. We're obviously working on starting a fund and be able to raise capital. Yep, (laughs) launch it. We want to be able to at least a deal flow so we can close on at least six commercial properties in the next year be able to raise enough capital, bring enough partners in. And we, so we did 30, 35, I want to say, I don't know the exact number transactions last year on our lending side. Our goal is to double that to 70 transact for 2023. It's a slower period, right? With the way the economy is going. So there's a lot more work there, but we've had, we've tweaked some funnels here and there, some lead gen funnels here and there. So we're expecting to get a little bit more deal flow very soon, very fast. 
But again, be able to bring in and again, educate my fellow executives out there, especially in the real, the retail space that there's more than just your 80 hour grind. And then it wasn't just me. Like I, I've talked to countless executives out there that did the exact same thing as I did. Yes, the pay is very well, but you, what do you want to look at on the time horizon after that? And what do you, just what do you want to do? Like for us too, there's something more. It's not just about the money. I mean, we want to be, be able to have some passive income and enough passive income so we can do what we want. But our goals too, like our long-term goals after that is be able to establish some kind something that where we can leave the world a little bit better place than when we entered it, make some, a larger impact on the world. And we've, again, honestly, it was through networking. We've met a few different individuals that are on that same path and that same journey. And we want to be able to jump on that path with them, whether it's opening up some nonprofit organizations or uh, honestly establishing going to third world countries and establishing some socioeconomic impact there and education so that they can be self-sustained again on the socioeconomic side of things. And it's not just the executives and those that he worked with before. It's also, like he said, we both came from humble beginnings and we have a lot of family and friends who did the same and they're in that race, right? That rat race of trying to just make ends meet, especially living in Hawaii where you just can't seem to catch up. So being able to give that, that group of individuals the same kind of knowledge and just give them options. Regardless of what we're doing in any path that we're in, we like to let people know that there are options and help them identify which one's going to work best for them so that they can see that it's not just one way and you just got to put your head down and work for that company to just make your ends meet and do and live the American dream of what they've been always been told it was. Definitely. And you are really good examples of that. And I have been personally the beneficiary of that positive attitude of what you're going to do with your time when you don't have to spend it of the way that somebody else tells you you have to spend it anymore. So I definitely appreciate that. And, and you have, you've made a huge impact in my life over the last year of knowing you. And I know that many people would say the same thing and many people will continue to say the same thing as you progress in your investing career and your retirement. We're just going to air quote the retirement. Air quote retirement. You know, we, know, we know who else I'm like, Hey, Chris, let's start a fund. And you're like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why I want this. And finally, we get to the point where you're like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. And I was like, and by the way, I'm leaving for three months and you have to run it by yourself. And you just said, let's figure out what your strengths are. Let's get you to be playing to your strengths, contributing in the way that you can contribute. So because you respect the lifestyle design that we're doing and actually encouraged us to take the leap as well. And so it's, it's just, it comes across in everything that you do, that spirit of giving back. So thank you. And I... Okay, hold on. Troy, edit that part out. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for having that spirit of giving back. I know that it drives everything that you do. So finally, share with us how people can get a hold of you after the show because we definitely want people to have a little bit more Chris and Harmony in their lives after they're done listening. I think the best way is to connect with us on LinkedIn. You can just find us on LinkedIn. It's Christopher Borden and Harmony Borden on LinkedIn. You can also go to our website, which we actually did not even mention the website. So the website is www.fdlinvest.com. And we give some, whether some educational opportunities there or material there, kind of just let you guys know exactly what we do and be able to offer opportunities for someone else if they're looking to 
And we're, we are completely open to helping individuals. Again, our goal is to be service oriented first. So even if it's not investing and you just want to understand opportunities of what you can and cannot do, we're here to help on that journey as well. And just help, so help other individuals get to where they want to get to try to hopefully realize their particular whys in their lives. I don't know if I've met anybody that works harder than Chris and anybody that I would trust to hand over my money to and say, you're going to take care of it better than you take care of your own money. That your work ethic, your determination is, has just been staggering and Harmony, you're being right there along with him and going along for this ride of taking on something totally new. I just, like I said, it, the work ethic between the two of you is just boggles my mind every single time we sit down and have a meeting. So thank you so much for being a guest on the Passive Income Adventures, sharing your story with us, giving hope to people who may be wondering if there's a different way for them than the way they've always done something and how it, things can come out well on the other side if you just surround yourself with the right people and take a leap of faith. Well, thank, thank you for you. having us on as well. Yes. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Emma. <laughs> All right. And I'll catch you at our meeting in like the next hour and a half. Yeah, I'll literally talk to you. All right. All right. And we can't wrap up without the traditional Hawaiian wrap up, which is Aloha. <laughs> and Aloha. Thank you. Oh, you have so many words. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> Aloha, Aloha, everyone. And we'll see you on the next Paths of Income adventure.